quantum physics. Have you heard of that term, quantum physics? All right, well, let me, let me give you a little background here. There was this guy named Sir Isaac Newton. Heard of him? Well, he was watching this apple, and he said, what must go, this apple drops. And he said, what, and he went, ah, oh, what must go up must come down. Okay? His guy's name is Isaac Newton, okay? And he came up with this philosophy. Um, oh, I'm mixed up. That's true, but there's also another guy in there, Descartes. Um, and Rene Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. And so he saw himself here, and the whole world revolved around him, okay? And that was a pretty powerful paradigm. And, that, and out of Descartes' thinking, uh, and Newton's thinking, we came up with laws, and we called them physics. And we came up with mathematics. And it, essentially, the, the thinking was is that everything was predictable. And everything could be reduced to a mathematical formula based on prediction, right? And we called it cause, one of the laws was called cause-effect. And that, it meant that this causes that to move. That's one of the laws, right? And it, it opened up tons of stuff. I mean, really good stuff that we couldn't do before. And they were able to really, they opened up science, they opened up mathematics, big stuff happened, right? Okay, well, all of a sudden people began to think that way. And then uh, this guy named Heisenberg came along. And Heisenberg was studying the uh, atom or elements of an atom. And he was watching this atom and he, he had this, he noticed as he was studying one particular element that it affected this other element. I don't know how to say this without my notes. Um, but essentially, you, he, if, if you watch the velocity of this, then uh, it's not velocity, but something else of that changed. Yeah, that's the velocity of one changed the momentum or something of the other. And if you watch this one, then that one was different. And he saw that there was a relationship there, essentially, right? Well, that, that wasn't right. It didn't fit these laws. So he kept, he, he also began to observe these molecules, and this, is, this was the cool part. He watched these things we call particles. And while he was watching these particles, they appeared to him as particles. Like, let's call a particle like this. But he set up an experiment where there was no human observer. And in this experiment, these same particles now became waves. They actually now were waves, not particles anymore. And every time they looked at them, they changed into particles. And every time he didn't look at them, they existed as waves. I mean, if you can imagine, that's startling, right? It's like if you're not looking at the cat, it's a dog, and if you look, you know, it's like, whoa. <laughs> Blue is mine. They scientifically proved it. And they call these things quants. They couldn't decide whether to call them waves or particles, so they called them a quant, Q-U-A-N-T, quantum physics. Okay, now, then um, um, Einstein comes along, theory of relativity, 
and he essentially proves that there is no cause effect, that everything is a series of probabilities. Like, everything is, and there is no the cause. There's a probability that this is the cause, but there is no the cause, because we could say the hand's the cause. Then we could say, well, my wanting to demonstrate you's cause. And then you could say, well, porn invited me, and here's the cause, and there is no the cause and blew away, forever ended in like 1936, old physics. Except we've been keep learning them. Like, they're scientifically not valid anymore. But we think as though they're valid, right? I, and that irritates me because I'm learning it like only 20 years ago, like it's, no one mentioned quantum physics to me. And it's been around since the 30s. <coughs> so, Energy, okay. So he essentially says what we are, and there's another guy named David Bohm who's now dead too, but what we are is in this universe is energy, right? And you and I and this are the same thing. And this and this and this and this and this is all made up of the same thing essentially the atom. And if you break all this stuff down, we are all made up of the same thing. Okay? Well, it looks like this is not the same as that. It sure looks like this is different than that and that, right? But if you take it down, it's all energy. All the same thing. All right. So, and what, and what now is this is a different density of energy. It's packed tighter, and this is really tight, and this is not so tight. You know, and so if you look at it, you just see, it's just, and now I'm encapsulated in the skin bag, right? But this here is no different than the thing that's pointing at it. It's just that this energy is compacted and dense, and it looks like it's separate. So it looks to me like, you know, no. You know, we have this, uh, here we are. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so here's this water line, right? There's a little mountain here and a little mountain here. Okay? And it looks to me like I'm over here and then this is air and then there's you over here. But really, what we can't see is we can't see that it's all connected, mm -hmm. okay? And so we've got this skin bag in between us that's holding in our energy, but we all are energy, okay? One, so... Okay. So how to create? So if you can buy the or energy as one assumption, then you could start thinking about how to work with people as energy, okay? Well, conversation is, is an energy being created. So, the, you know, the first there was the word. So everything starts with language and words, right? So that's the first energy. When, when conversations start collecting, they get dense. And when something gets dense, it's hard to make it undense. 
and so it starts looking permanent. So all this, you know how a rumor starts like a rumor, and then all of a sudden it looks real, and it's hard to take apart the rumor because it's now a mass of energy. Okay, that's why tr why I think people to have transformation mostly have to go to an environment that supports that, which is like busting that energy, killing the energy, busting that, busting it loose, right? So. Emotion is energy in motion. And what you resist is an energy that attracts the opposite. What you fear actually creates that in the universe starting to gather towards you. So I don't want to be tired, and I, and I have emotion, I start attracting that experience to myself. So energy attracts the evidence and the experience. The emotions attract the, in, the like energy. So that's why when I produce anger, I get anger back. And when I'm mad at you, I get mad at you back. And when I'm happy, I get happy. But it, the energy attracts like energy. So when you could put people in an emotional state, you begin to get a vibration of energy, right? And if you can get them to let go of the energy, then you can really break up that, that dense conversation. So I don't, you know, that's kind of all I think about energy, but the main thing for me about energy is that I think of energy in terms of giving and taking. When people are taking, they are drawing the energy to them. And you could feel it in the room. When the room goes dead, someone's sucking the energy. Maybe it's me, maybe it's five of them, or maybe it's one person. That energy goes like this, right? And everybody's like, ugh. I'm tired, I'm dead. Well, no one's creating. So the only thing something's gonna be different is when energy is being created. You've gotta have energy going out, out, out. That's what life is, right? Plants are putting energy out. When there's life happening, energy's going this way. When death is happening, it's going this way. When I'm taking and I'm, I'm trying to get you to love me, I'm, I'm taking your energy and re trying to replace mine. And so it's just coming into my form called my body, and it gets stuck there. And the only one, so enrollment is sharing. And why sharing is so powerful is because you're, you're, shit, you're sending the energy out that way. Um, Are so you creating energy or just giving it away? The same. That's how you create. Actually, when you're tired, it means you're not creating. So people go, I'm tired, and I go, well, go create something. Because you're always in the psychological. But you know, if you've ever been on a project, like we're tired now, right? But we're not, we're not energy dead. Because we're creating something, yes? But if we were just sitting around whining about how we're not getting paid, how are we going to do this project? We'd be like, I can't stay up any longer. So we're tired, but we're creating so the energy stays alive. It keeps going. It starts circling around. 
There's lots of energy tricks too. I mean, you know, when you got people holding hands, you've got to have one palm up, one palm down if you look at it from uh, um, so if I was to set up a process where we're all holding hands here, I'd, I'd, I'd go like this, this one up, and this one, you're up, down, like that, okay? So everybody's hand, your right palm is up, your left palm is down. Okay, so if I'm in a room setting up a pro an energy process, I'm everybody closing their eyes, and I'm imagining the energy coming in, in the right, out the left in the right, out the left, and I start working that. Can't do it really right now, it's not the right conditions, but I start moving the energy. I actually start moving my body around. Um, you can start seeing them in a room. If you get a circle and you start getting people to manage the energy and move the energy, their bodies will go like this. Have you ever played a song like We Are The World um, and ever had people or imagine or something like that, everybody circled up? Have you ever noticed that they cannot stay still? It's impossible. Human beings not grounded that way. So you play a song that's universal. And so I use I use lots of music in my trainings for that reason, because I'm moving the energy through. I'm moving the energy through, right? And I and I use it with with songs because I know it hits universal principles and values in there. And so all of a sudden you put on these certain songs or whatever, and all of a sudden you see everybody in a circle. They're always going like this. You know, and they can't stop. And you know, and if you put "We Are the World" on, have everybody hold hands. Ten minutes later, they're kicking. You know, their left, their right foot's out. I don't know, you've probably never seen this, but then they're left and they, they can't help it. There's no way not to do it because the energy makes it happen. So you can manage the energy, right? <coughs> so you get that energy moving in, moving out. If you get, if you're trying to get energy created with people, you can, if you think of it like engineering terms, you can gap it yourself. You can hold it up like here and create a synopsis? Synapse? Synapse, yeah. A gap where that energy can jump through you. So let's say that they're holding hands and I'm watching the circle and the, and the circle's dead. Okay, so I go in there and I feel it. I don't know how to say it other than that. But I find the dead space. And you can look. You know, and all of a sudden you're going, this guy's in his head. You know, this guy's like, you know, it's just stuck over here, right? Okay, why? Well, you know, maybe I, I can jump it over here, just like me jumping in the middle, get it to go through him. It's a trick, but you can basically start moving that energy. Or maybe I get up and I start walking like this. Energy will move up energy. You know, so if you're in a room, you ever trying to get the room out? You say, you know, a couple people are sitting around, they're still in the process. You ever notice that? And you're trying to get the room out so you can have a meeting or do anything. I don't know if you guys do that. Do you try to get them out of the room? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Get out. So there's someone sitting in their chair. They're by themselves. <laughs> right? And you're like, get them out of the room so we can get the room set up, right? All you have to do is you just go like this. And people, I always see teams always like, come on, you know, cry outside. Like that. All you have to do is you just walk up to them like this, and you don't have to get that close to them, you just like this. Yeah. About the second or third time you're there, they're out of the chair and they're moving. <laughs> they cannot sit there. Because you have a conscious movement of the energy, yeah. and they, they feel it. They can't, yeah. and, and you don't have to touch them, do nothing. 
you can walk people out of the room. You can, I can walk 15, 20 people out of the room in five minutes just by circling. And that energy just starts moving them out. <laughs> um, so and for me, it's like when the energy's taking, I just keep saying, look, are we, what are we focused on ourselves? Where's the energy going here? So, you know, in this other training, I'm saying, we have it set up in an arc, but say it's a circle. I start getting people conscious. I go, what's the energy in the room? They go, mm, kind of dead or whatever. And then I'll do a, some process where they let it go. Okay, what's in the room now? And they go, trust, openness, care, love. Yeah, how did that happen? Then they tell me, and they start to get a connection with energy. So what happened is you gave, you contributed. How many people were here contributing? They go, yeah, and I go, that's what opens up around you. What happens when you're sitting here thinking about your miserable life? Well, I was sucking the energy out of the room. That's right, and that's happening in your relationships too. So if you can give people a reference about giving energy away, that's, that's probably the most valuable thing I can say about energy. If I can. So as a trainer, I'm in there giving energy and giving energy and giving energy and hoping to God they start giving energy so I don't die. <laughs> and that's what I mean by this training. I was giving energy and, and I was bang and they were they were in their survival. And the more I gave, the more they went in survival. And then I stepped back and then the gap, nothing happened. And then I bang and then I back up and I plead and I beg and I bang and I put them through process and I play music and we were just battling. You know, and then, then they'd start to take off, then they would get stuck. And so I have to go out and unstick them. Then they get stuck again. You know, and then they get position. It's like that. So we were playing an energy game. And so I've got to create energy big enough where the room moves. Um, so when I'm doing a training for 200 people, I've got one kind of energy. When I'm doing a training for 30 people, or, you know, a small training, something like that, then I've got a different, more intimate en energy. Because if you bring too much, you'll dominate the room. So you gotta, you got to manage the energy. you got to circle the energy, not direct it. If I'm standing up on a, on a platform and I'm talking down at people, I'm throwing energy just straight out like this and like this, right? And then, but to have a training work in a circle, one of the nice things about a circle or an arc is you can loop around it and you start whipping that energy around. And they don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you just kind of circling around, get the team to circle around or whatever, you know, and start throwing energy out in space and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I feel better. They don't know why. Um, Last, no, not last. Um, if you want to, the easiest way to shift someone is get them in a different emotional state. Okay? Easiest way to do that is physically. Get them to stand up, walk, do something different. Um, you play music, that'll do it. Um, you know, talk, talk, there's certain conversations you know are going to trigger a different emotional state. Like, what did you never get to say to your dad? That's that's 80%. It's gonna work like that. So if you get them in a different emotional state, things will happen. Context is everything. 
my job is to set a context and have an environment out of which they can produce. That's my role. It's not really to coach them or do anything. It's just keep that context. So you guys sometimes call that con that space sacred space. Okay, that's a major job, sacred space, and and um, and then public conversations that encourage them, so to speak, and they'll start operating in that. I I made a choice a long time ago that a different choice I think than other life spring trainers was I, I decided I was not there to confront people. I was there to get people to confront themselves. And um, almost all the other trainers there think their job is to confront people and interrupt their bullshit and basically they they're 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 like the interruption like you've never met anybody like me and i'm you know i'm gonna break you through and I'm, i've never seen that as my role i see my role is to have you confront you and that that's a whole different training I mean, that's a whole different way of standing in the training so i'm working hard to get you to see you and confront and experience you, it's pretty easy for me to confront you. You know, how long have you been a bitch? You know, like, you know come on, you are one. You know you're one. How many people say she's a bitch? She's a bitch. Okay, go. Okay, well, I'm confronting you, right? Okay, but if I'm asking some powerful questions and I'll, I bring it from the background to the foreground and I'm neutral, different. You're a different person for them. The next trainer meeting, I, I, I'll just mention this since we're on tape, but we do not, we do a poor, poor job of making distinctions. We make announcements, we make, we tell stories, we, we do not make distinctions for people. Uh, and I've watched a couple of trainings now and we just don't have access to it. And, and I know if I said, how do you distinguish a distinction, I'd be looking at blank faces. They're like, what? And that's what a trainer does is distinguish distinctions. So at the trainer meeting in January, that's what I'm going to get done is if I get nothing else done, I want a clear distinction about how to distinguish a distinction versus you know, we go like this. This is above the line, and this is below the line. Who is that? And we go, this is parent, adult, child, you know, and this is a rescuer, and we just point at it. And that is not, we do not make it distinct for people. We go, that's orange. That's exactly what we do. We go, there's orange, and there's red, and there's green. Now, if they don't know what orange and red and green is, they're like, Ooh, okay and you're like orange red and green don't you get it and then you act like they got it and they're like okay orange red and green I got it they didn't get it they couldn't produce orange again they don't know how to get the orange they don't know green and they don't know red so you've got to you got to make it pop like in, like a distinction is like when they go got it like that. That's when it's something's distinguished for people. You know, when you touch your hand on a stove, 
was it that you distinguished for yourself the distinction heat in that moment? It went from the background to the foreground quickly. Maybe not heat, but at least pain. You know, now you're like, shit, how'd that happen? You know, what was that? Then, you know, someone, then maybe the next time you get a candle burn, you're like, huh, sizzling skin, same. I'm not doing that again. That's heat, okay? But then you get your hand caught in a car door, and that's pain too, but you're like, that's different. So there's a different distinction. Anyway. Okay. Well, I'd, <clears throat> I'd like to just kind of go for like sort of one more place. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and, and I'm going to mention two things, and I, I don't know if you want to work with them as one thing or, or separate things, but I'd like to just kind of speak about those two things. And one is, you, you, you mentioned a few times about nothing. About one time was about being nothing. Yeah. A couple times about, you know, working with bringing somebody to, to nothing. And the other thing is that um, several times you've spoken about love. And there's, um, like, you work with love in, in, in different ways. Like, you, you see love, you work with love, you perceive love, you. you you, you, you love and then, you know, make it happen over there, love for them over there. <clears throat> Could you talk about those two things? Well, not easily or quickly. The, uh, to talk about nothing, it won't do you any, I'd have to give you an experience of how to create, not only what it is, which you probably have, but how to create it for yourself. And um, I, I do a master's course, and that's really the whole point of it. And it takes me four days to get half the room. Um, and it's powerful once you get it. And you're like, how did I not get this? Um, I can't do justice to it. I just, it's be some concept. Um, and I'm trying to even give you a reference of what it is, but it's not the feeling of emptiness. It's a context that has a feeling of emptiness attached to it, or everythingness. Um, it's not Zen mindlessness either. That's not nothingness. That would be the experience of it. But that's not the context of it, so I, I can't do it justice. Um, other to say, it's a, um, it's important. It is the way of. Well, you are not. This is not making distinctions. What I mean by making an announcement, this is how worthless it's going to be. You're not your mind. You're not your body. You're not your feelings. That's an announcement. That's not a distinction. I would have to be able to create that distinction in you so that you knew how that was for you, like what that really meant for you. And out of that, then we could talk about who you are if you're not those things. And then out of that, we could talk about beingness. And out of that, we could get to context. And out of that, we could get to 
self, and out of that we can get to nothing. So that's what I have to go through to get that there. Um, um, love. Well, wait. In terms of a trainer, as a trainer, as a as a you know, working a space in a way, <clears throat> you work with nothing. And I know that I'm not looking for an experience of nothing or a definition of nothing. But I'm, what I'm asking here for is how how you regard nothing, how you work with nothing, or how you um, um, use nothing. Oh. Um. Okay, one way to look at it is I take away everything until there's nothing. So I'm not trying to get them to nothing. I take away everything. So I'll... Um, so you say you're in a room with me and you say just say something make a statement that, that you think is true about you for tenure student I am I'm, I'm powerless how do you know um, because I can't get what I want well how do you know that because of the results. What results? The results, it shows when I try to get something. Okay, but how do you know you're not getting results? I'm not getting the results I want. Well, how do you know what you want? Uh, I have I make up the idea what I want. How do you know what you want? Well, I don't know what I want, actually. If you, I don't Thank know. you. You're right, you don't. What's your name? Peter. How do you know? People told me that that's my name. And, that, and so you take it for granted that that's your name? <laughs> Just because people have told you? Right. So I start taking away. Uh-huh. And... It's, um, you kind of need to know what you're doing, because people can, um, I take it, you got to know what you're doing there. It's, it can get a little, um, risky, dangerous. Like, I take in a training there a couple times, and, um, stuff happens that's kind of outside of, stuff on this planet you know so you gotta I don't mess with it too much but um, if you take nothingness then anything can show up in the space right and does so if you it's about taking away until there is you take that out and that out and that out and that out and that out then there's nothing so I, I work with about taking away. And so what happens for people is they transcend 
their, their bodies. They disconnect. Um, you got to know how to get people back in their bodies. That's another thing I could say. I could see when someone's out of their body. Um, and so I'm like, get back in your body. And I, I actually see him. It shows up for me as this blurred something going on over there. And they're like hovering over their body. I know it sounds weird, but they're out of their body. Uh, I, I, you probably know what this, what I mean. You've probably seen it. You just, it's hard to define what to call it. It doesn't, it's not like someone's sitting over there looking. It's like they're not connected to their bodies. Their energy comes out of their, their soul leaves or whatever we want to call that thing. And um, they're out of their body. And you see it a lot of times with uh, abuse. Uh, you start working with someone and, you know, I can also see abuse really easy, you know, people. And so you work with them and you see, are they going to stay in their body and handle this or are they just going to leave again and not handle this? So that's this thing about nothingness. It's, from there, you can't get to nothingness. It's just uh, not there is not nothingness. That's something, I don't know what that is, vacant. You know, I guess, you know, no one home. Um, so no, nothingness is a context and of taking away this, the somethingness. Love. Mm. Well, what is love? What do you think it is? Okay. What do most people think love is? A feeling. A feeling, right? So, you know, we so we all know the breakdown of love is a feeling. It means you can't. Feelings come and go. So love comes and goes. Um, I think love is a state of acceptance. And um, so when I accept who you are and I accept who you're not, then a space of love shows up. Most people can accept who you are or they can accept who you're not, but they can't accept who you are and who you're not. You think even when you, you accept what I'm not, love shows up? When I accept who you are and who you're not. I, I love who I am and who I'm not. I know who I am and I know who I'm not. And I, I, I live in a state of acceptance about that when, when love is, okay? You meet this new person you want to date, right? Everything about them is wonderful. You love who they are, who they're not, what they do. It's cute. It's endearing, right? Then one day you say, you know what? i got to now find out if they really love me. So you get off of, I'm going to accept who they are and who they're not, and, and you start testing them. You're like, well, and now love's gone. Because now it's like, okay, I used to love that, but I don't love it so much anymore. It's not cute. Well, there's no state of acceptance. So I, I can love this if I can accept what it is and what it isn't. I can appreciate it. I can notice it with distinction. So I can experience love. That's that's love. I mean that's and then love I could call a positive energy love too. So from an energy standpoint, um, a 
healing energy, I would call love. It's like you're talking about appreciation in a way. Yeah, appreciation is, uh, I define as to notice with distinction. So, wine. You know, some people's appreciation of wine is, I'll have red or white. So, they have very little distinction, right? Other people are like, uh, Cabernet and Rosé. Other people are like, Cabernet, and they can taste the... I don't know, talent, and they can taste the bitterness, and they have fine distinction for what? So they have appreciation for the wine, the smell, the taste, the texture. Um, so when you can notice with distinction, then that's appreciation. But most people don't notice with distinction. They notice general. They go, you're a great person. Well, there's no appreciation there. It's like, you know, I really appreciate um, your ability to concentrate and stay focused and be present for me. I really appreciate like that. So it's like, damn, they notice with distinction. You know, like a diamond cutter has the distinction diamond in cutting. So he, he has an appreciation of diamond. I look at it and I go, I only have a couple distinctions, like cloudy, clear, yellowish, you know, sparkly. You know, I'm not going to get very far. You know, I'll buy glass probably because I, I wouldn't even get diamond. But someone has an appreciation for it, they can hone in on it. And they're like, that's what I'm saying. So. We're not used to looking over there and noticing with distinction. And, and from a transformational standpoint, almost what the only thing we're trained to look for are the distinctions of what's wrong. So when we go to appreciate someone, it comes out like a problem. All we notice is what you're not doing for me, or what's not working about you. And, and so you, you have to be able to appreciate what is, what isn't, all of it together. And, and then create, and of course, what's going to work in enrollment is to create the positive, you know, nine cow person and then start looking for that. But I love who Nora is and I love who she's not when I love her. And when I don't love her, I love who she's not. I mean, I don't love who she's not. Or I don't love who she is. And, and it's always my responsibility. It's always I've got some expectation that she's not meeting. So there is no love. She's just not doing it right. She's not, she's not satisfying my conversation. A woman should be, a woman is, or this, or that, or she, why doesn't she, and can't she? So I'm responsible for accepting who she is and who she's not. So it's pretty simple. When I notice the resistance, I go, what is it that I cannot appreciate about this person right now? And then I'll go, well, I can't appreciate her yelling at me right now. And they go, well, how could you appreciate that? Uh, well, okay, well, I can appreciate her yelling at me because I know at least she's not going to be resentful. She's going to get it out of her system. And I go, okay, so I'm a little freer, right? I'm going, you know, I feel a little armor drop off. And I'm going, that's probably not going to cut it. What else can you really appreciate about her? And you work yourself, you know, until you're like in love. And, um, 
You know, I read your stuff. I was reading. I don't know who said you can tell me, but one of your, you know, basically said, "What is it a woman wants?" Right? She wants to be totally loved. She can't tell you, but that's what she wants. And I've been thinking about that. I've been practicing that. I'm saying, you know, I think that's right. It's like, and you can't even experience love or appreciation until you totally throw yourself over there and don't care anymore about what you're getting. It's like the practice is to totally accept it all, to give it all. And then out of that, it's like love shows up. So I, I find a pretty freeing practice, which is, huh, I haven't really loved fully. I've loved a lot, but, you know, so often I've got this little back door open mm-hmm. called unt- unless, I will until, and then the until shows up and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I can't handle the broken heart or the separation, but it's like, the more I go like that downhill, the more I press into it, the more freeing it's, it is for me. It's like, wow, this is really neat stuff. Like, love anyway, and then love anyway, and then love anyway, and then, but I don't, well, love anyway. And like, totally love anyway. Like, well, love anyway. And, it, and that's, I just keep saying that to myself. And I find it's getting easier and easier and easier and easier. And it's like, I'm thinking, why wasn't I doing this? Like, what was I thinking I was going to get out of it? And so that's kind of a new perspective I've been playing with. And I, you know, I, I don't know most people love anyway. Which is the same as accepted. I don't know if we're like a nothingness or we're hardwired, but I th- I think that all people are hardwired into love, and that it's accessible. I think all people want to love and be loved. I, I cannot find exception, and that's what I mean by the truth. I can't find exception to that. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, mass murderers, it's just, I think they all want to love and be loved. So I, my job as a trainer is to access that, find a way for them to experience being loved, or lovable, or whatever, or actually loving. I want them to experience themselves giving love. If I can get them to give love, then boom, things start ice breaks off, the whole thing is different. You know, there's no argument about it. Like, no one ever goes, no, I don't want to love. They may go, I'm scared, you know, I don't know how, but no one ever says, no, I've definitely made a decision about love. And I have had some people argue that there is no love. But, you know, you can usually they can't be in a train too long and keep that decision. It's just they either blow out of the space or they move. They have to. It's just it's too evident. Anything else? You may not know me yet, but there's always something else. Um,